Good morning. Uh, so I hate reading. Uh, that's not good. Uh, that's not probably something to brag about. That's just me being honest with you. Uh, I hate it. And um, and you can't tell because I wore a slim and black shirt today. But uh, I'm a person, I feel like I can speak to being a person of size. And um, so I hate reading. It's just out there. And then I hate the sun. This time of the year, it starts to really hate me, and I hate it. And um, you combine that with sand, I really hate it. I really hate it. Um, I hate the beach. And um, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it worse than reading. But when you get married, you learn to love things you hate. And um, so I get to go to the beach all the time with Monica. So nice when she tells me to. And so... um, there's that. But she loves it. And so that's what we do. Uh, we go to the beach and she just loves to bake and just like burn, whatever. And I try not to complain about it. And so other than studying the Bible, that's the most I ever read. You can ask her. I'll just read because I hate it. And um, so a couple of years ago we went and we read the, I read the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Really cool story. I'm glad it's fiction. Um, right. If you don't know anything about it, it's a bunch of teenagers and they live under like this tyrannical government that kind of com- holds them down. It's like a real jerk running the place. Right. And he keeps them in poverty, uh, terrible housing situations. T- uh, and he makes two of these teenagers from each district fight uh, to the death in this big arena thing. That's what the whole movie's about. And uh, he's showing them how good the government's been to him by making them fight to death, which is really weird. Um, it's a really sick way to remember. Uh, thanks for being so great. Let's kill each other. But anyway, the story is they get fed up. Like if you watch the movies, because after I read the first book, I learned there were movies, and I was like, I ain't reading nothing else. So if you watch the movies, because I had to, because Monica liked them, they say, like, that, that's enough. Like they're fed up with it. Like, and they become rebels. Like they become revolutionaries in that story, and they're going to change the situation that they're in, and they'll do anything to do that. Uh, they want peace, and they're going to do whatever to get it. And I'll tell you, that speaks to us, because when we hear about injustice, it does something to us. Right? Time Magazine names a person of the year every year. A couple years ago, they didn't name a person. They just named a type of person, uh, which was a revolutionary. That's, that's what they named as the person. But because at the time, a bunch of countries I can't pronounce, like Egypt and Libya... There were some young people starting to come up and kind of say, that's enough. Like, we're tired of this. We're tired of hunger being used as a weapon. Like, we've had enough. And these young folks and even older folks are rising up, and they want new leadership. They want a new kingdom. And they want a new king. And they want a new leader. And they want things to change. And even a couple of weeks ago, Kate and White, and he's talking about refugees and this revolution that's going on. And he's talking about getting them food for the day, water for the day. Like, I mean, he's just he's just talking about necessities. And then when he gets an opportunity, he sneaks Jesus in because the government doesn't want it. So he sneaks it in when they can. And that was like a 10-minute video. And like by the time it was over, the things in my life that I was worried about become pretty petty. Right? When we see the big picture and things people are really struggling with, Uh, The things that eat us up in the day, they fade pretty quickly uh, because they don't matter so much. They really don't. Um, And and so this guy's doing whatever he can to serve these people well. 
Every day he gets up and grinds, man. That's like what he does. Like for a revolution, like to help these people. And so why say this? Because like that's what we're covering today. Like there's no way this is going to work. Um, but you'll know it. It's in Matthew chapter 6. You can turn there because that probably won't work. But last week, we're in the Lord's Prayer. You've heard it. Last week, Heath covered the first verse, which is verse 9. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we learned it's a great privilege uh, just to call God our Father. And, and what it looks like, he's a great dad. And man, that's awesome. And we learned that last week. Today, we're going to talk about verse 10. And that says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into that verse. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. Uh, God, and I thank you for a power glitch that can get my attention in a minute. Because it shows how quickly things can change. So be with us. Uh, don't let us leave here the same. In your name I pray. Amen. So, why the Hunger Games talk? Let's talk about it. Uh, because I think this verse, there it is, this verse is that powerful. I think Jesus is calling us to be revolutionary, like to be rebels almost. Because I'll tell you, when you're in this kingdom and you call somebody else like another kingdom to come here, like you've started something. Like you're a rebel there. And I would think the majority of us didn't wake up on this fine Mother's Day and say, Lord, may your kingdom come. Like we just don't talk like that. We just don't think about that. Like, I hadn't walked through the day and just stopped and like, Heath, we can't work anymore. I need to say this. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like, that's just not something that we say a lot. But it better. Because if we care about Jesus and we care about the things he cares about, then we should. Right? Matthew 4 says it tells, or Matthew 4 tells us that Jesus goes from town to town proclaiming the good news of what? Of the kingdom. Luke 4 says, I must go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom because that is the purpose I've been sent for. See, the whole reason he's here is to ramp up the discussion about the kingdom, right? He even tells his disciples, go heal diseases. And when they, you heal them, they look at you in sheer amazement, just kind of reach over and go, hey, kingdom's here. And just kind of go on. And when they don't listen, just ease over their ear and go, hey, kingdom's still here. It's still here. Right? He told his apostles to do it. We even see Paul in prison. It says in the morning and the night, he discusses what? The kingdom of God. You go by in the morning, he's eating a bowl of cereal, talking about the kingdom. Come back later, he's eating dinner, talking about the kingdom. See, Jesus said it to us. He says, pray like this, your kingdom come. And he even tells us later, hey, don't even worry about like anything else. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. He tells us not even to worry about what you're, where you're going to make money. He says, seek first the kingdom. He tells us it's more important than your family. There's a weird verse in there about it's more important than burying your family. It even mentions in there for some dudes like they've made themselves eunuchs, which I'll let that slide and you can talk about that later as a family. Right? But, but that's serious. Like I, I want to care about what he cares about, the gospel. And it's going forth until he punches the button that it's over with. And see, his apostles preached it, Jesus preached it. And if we're going to care about it until he does punch that button and end this whole thing, then I want to care about what Jesus cares about. And when he says, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done, what, what, do, we, what do we even mean? Like, what does that, 
What are we asking for when we pray that? Like, what does that even, do I even want that? Because here's something I'll throw at you. I don't think we've all got up this morning and said that probably. But I think our hearts have longed for it, even if our minds don't know it. I think our hearts have longed for that, even if our minds didn't know it. And I'll explain that. What's a kingdom in your mind? What's a kingdom? It's simple. It's a people. It's a place. It's a king. Some folks, a place. King has authority. It's pretty simple. And what we see is in history, all through history, kingdoms take the character of their king always. You see it all over the world. Like if you live in France and you're a girl going to school, you cannot wear a head covering. Why? Because they want freedom from religion. You can't do it. If you're in Iran, guess what? You're going to wear a head covering because why? We're going to enforce religion. If you live here in the United States, which most of you do, you can choose because we want freedom of religion. See, and even in the 1800s, if you were in France, you couldn't name your pig Napoleon because that was an insult. In America, you can name your pig whatever you want. North Korea, whatever that dude's name is, he's going to choose the size of the army. He's going to choose the size of the house you can build. He wants his finger on everything. Right? In Blythe, California. That's right, Blythe, California. <laughs> Only reason I chose it, my last name. Blythe, California. It's illegal to wear cowboy boots unless you own two cows. Right? You can even have crazy leaders that will lead you to crazy things. But the point is, the kingdom will take the character of the king. You see, if you live in China up until 2017, you know how many kids you can have? One. That's neat. Then they, Now they kind of, you know, loosen the reins, and you can have two. Right? And so when they take over, they get to enforce even the size of your family. Like your culture is going to be shaped by your leader, his wants, his desires, period. By their will. Right? See, if you're in charge, you get what you want. You want a sandwich? I'll bring you one. You want to go to war? Let's go. Because they run this place. So what we're saying is, like, God, I want you to run this place. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. I want to be shaped by your character, not mine. Not mine. Like, I want to care about what you care about. Like, I want our culture to be about you, not us. And if you'll ask the question, like, isn't, isn't God already king? Yeah. In Psalms 139, it says his throne is in the heavens. Psalms 115 says God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. But see, I'll tell you, it's not always like that here, right? Why? Because we mess that up. He gives us commands to do to lead us there. And what do we do? We don't do them. That's the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse explains that. May your kingdom come, your will be done. And what's the rest of it? On earth as it is in heaven. See, earth don't look like heaven right now. Proverbs 16 says, In his presence there's a fullness of joy at your right hand pleasures forevermore. Sound like today? Nope. It's not even close. Psalms 89 says, Your righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfastness and faithfulness go before you. So in God's house, there's righteousness, there's joy, there's justice, there's love, there's all those things. That's heaven. That ain't here right now. That's his kingdom. That's, things, that's when things are right and just and loving. Like, that's him. And I'll tell you, we love that. We like that. We want that. We want love and joy. That's why I think our hearts already asked for it. We might not have mouthed it, but our hearts beg for it. 
You may prove it. Because when you hear opposite of it, you'll react every time. Every time. I'm going to let you into Monica's world for a minute. She likes the weather. The weather. 10, 10 16 every night. We got to watch the weather. You know how many out of seven, how many we watch? Maybe, maybe one. You know why? Because I hate the news even worse and she wants to know the weather. And like, I will not stop. I will not just stop on the news and listen to that garbage for 15 minutes. Why? Because it's just a reminder over and over and over again of how broken and messed up this place is. I clicked on the article when I was studying this Tuesday, and I just wrote two articles, top two on the page I clicked on. Number one, stranger attacks Asian woman with hammer. Are you serious? We're attacking people with a hammer? Next one, right under it. I didn't have to search for it. The next one said, suspect in custody after Idaho middle school shooting that injured three. Workplace shooting, I can deal with that because adults are nuts. Middle school? Middle school? What were you doing in middle school? It wasn't shooting the place up. You didn't even think about it. Our world is broken. Right? And that ran me to a story in China about this two-child rule. 2017, not 1917, not 1617, 2017. Uh, they were fined. They wanted more than those two kids. They were fined. I'm sorry, 2017 was one kid rule. That's what I was reading. And they, they wanted, they had, they were pregnant with their second kid. Big number two. And they come in and they fired them from their job. They find them more money than they would make in years. They drag the woman out, uh, pretty much drug her and abort her kid. At about the rate of uh, 35,000 a day. A day. See, that's this. <clears throat> that's this room. Yeah. That's this room. Every chair in here filled times about 165. Every day. But remember, I told you, they've really let loose. Now you can have two. Well, see, I read an article about that too, and that, that family's already been fined. They've already been fired from their job, and they're in hiding, so they want to abort that third kid. <clears throat> and see, that's today. Like, that's not somewhere out there like crazy. That's that's today, where we're buying stuff. Your iPhone is made there. Our country owes tons of money there. Like, that's not right. That's not just. And I'm going to be honest, it makes me mad. Because it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. And I kind of want to stop that. I think those people, that kingdom needs to be removed. I can even read, I read a story about Nigeria. Christmas is my favorite. Christmas Day, 37 bombs went off in 37 different churches because they don't want Christianity spread, really. That, see, that's not right. That's wrong. And like the, the idea is let's push it to Nigeria, China. It's way over there. It's not America, right? I read a story of the American, the Attorney General. And I wrote an article about the marketing company in New York that's over 411 charities that you see all the time. They raised over $249 million in one year off pictures of starving babies. And they kept over $157 million of those dollars. Uh, less than 37%, 37 cents on the dollar went to help. 
I guess, just to buy fancier cars and new houses. $157 million of 249 raised for charity was kept by an advertising company. So much so, a lot of the charities went in debt for having to pay them for advertising. So they're just taking kids' advantage. They're taking advantage of kids for money. Like, <laughs> that's messed up. Like, let's go whoop somebody right now. Like, I just want to get some people together. Like, I'll ride with Nick. Let's go. We just, let's, let's go. Like, that ain't right. Right? That ain't right. I read an article at the Department of Health and Human Services about sex trafficking in, in the United States of America. Average age to start that, 13 years old. Some creep old trolls, girls, young girls in the mall with low self-esteem. He talks to them. He loves on them. He takes them. He hooks them on drugs, ends up raping them, and sells them into trafficking. That's here in America. I read that article. Department of Health and Human Services guesses, estimates 240,000 to 325,000 women and children each year. That's the seats in this room completely full times about 2,500 every year uh, being raped for money in our country. The National Kids Alliance says one out of every four girls in our country, not China, our country, are sexually abused in our country before 18. One out of six boys. And see, we could read these for days, but I get ticked because now we're using children like for terrible, terrible things. And you don't see them as somebody to be loved on and cherished on and teach and grow. Like, no, you want to make it weird? Like, that's insane. Like, that makes me mad. Like, let's stop that. Kids deserve love, not hate, not abuse. Let's quit stealing babies for sex. I don't know. Look, they deserve love. No more stealing money. How about that? It's not right. I want justice. Like, we got a world talking about going to send them a colony on Mars in the moon. Now let's get it right here first. I'm sorry I can't get on board with going to set up a colony on another gun. We're doing terrible here. Because we want to be we want this to be right. Let's end it here. And it's not just in our country. Y'all know that. And so I would say, when we pray that, we're we're praying for God to invade our world and fix it. Fix it. Do something. Then it crossed my mind. What if he picked me? He said, come on, bud. Let's do it. What if he picked you? He said, hey, just tell me who. Murderers. Murderers out. Next, rapist. Rapist out. Perfect. This is working. People selling kids for sex. Out. Perfect. And then he goes, hey, Kenny, what about all the guys in the church world that's looking at porn? Because I just read a Christian article that says 76% of men in the church look at porn behind their spouses' back. Uh-oh. So then we all as a church, even somebody in here might go, wait, hang on a second. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, that's a disease, man. Like, we need some compassion on them. And see, then I can run the gauntlet. Like, what about the judgmental? If you're judgmental, let's get rid of you. Let's take them all. How about the ones that have gossiped just in the last year? We won't set the standard high. Just the people that have gossiped in the in the next in the last year. Y'all ready to send them to hell? Because see, if we start thinking about it, and I can run the gauntlet of everything in your life and in mine, but we start to understand what this quote means by a guy named Alexander something. I have no idea how to say his last name. He should have changed it. This is what it says. If only there were evil people somewhere in hideously committing evil deeds, and it was only necessary to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. 
But the line that divides good and evil cuts through every heart of every human being. See, if God came and said, hey, let's, let's wipe them out. Let's wipe out all the evil. Spoiler alert, you're not going to make it. Spoiler alert, I'm not either. Your pastor is not even going to make it. Now what? Now, now what do we do? Because even Ephesians tells us that, that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. Like he's over here ruling and like Jesus is the prince of peace. He's over here. What do we all do? We run to this guy. Our desires, our, our world, everything we do, we seem to want to point to this guy. And there's no middle ground. There's no Satan team and Jesus team and a kind of team. And you just pick the kind of team. There's no kind of team. Right? So what do we do? What, what happens? Jesus come. That's what happened. And so what do we do with him? What do we do with him? Let's pretend for a second. Hang with me. Just pretend. What if there was like some enemies, and let's just use overseas because that's easy. And they're evil. We know that. We've seen it, and it's been proven. It's unanimous. Everybody in here votes. They got it. We got to do something. Two options. Y'all know the options. One of them, we can nuke them, man. Let's just blow them off the map. Let's just wipe them out. I mean, something needs to be done. Or, this is the pretend part. What if Patrick cooked up a missile that would shoot over there, and without violating anybody's will, it suddenly made them all our friends. It suddenly made them love the things we love. Stay with me. And we didn't just make them a dust hole and just blow them up. But but they loved what we loved, and, and we loved them back. And we could travel there. Our families could be friends. We could exchange goods and services without the fear of harm. Like what I'm saying is what if we we rather, instead of just blowing them to smithereens, what if we made an enemy our friend? And before you rush to, Kenny, you're living in a dream world, just realize that's what God could do here. He could blow us off the map for the evil in this country and in your heart. Just wipe us out. He's done it before. Ask the folks on the ark. He's done that before. But instead of just crushing us, what happened? Y'all, just like Rambo 2. The greatest movie of all time. If you haven't seen it, Rambo 2, go home today and watch it for Mother's Day. It's great. He parachuted. Jesus parachutes in, just like Rambo. Into a into a, a, a enemy territory. And says, hey, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. You know why? Because I'm here. And y'all are under this evil regime. But guess what? If I cast out demons, you'll know I mean it. So what does he do? He casts out demons. That's why demons are so scared of him, right? They own the place, and he comes in and roughs them up. Right? He starts a kingdom here and now. That is with him. The kingdom is him. What does he do? He gives a sermon on the mount. What does he say there? Hey, we're not going to murder people. Not only that, we're going to take it a step further. We're not even going to be angry with each other. See, we're not going to commit adultery with our wives. We're going to go a step further. We don't even lust for women. See, he's setting up a good place to live, a place we all want to live. Your yes is a yes there. Your no is a no there. And like, he's setting up the greatest kingdom, and those people had to be excited, right? Like, yes, I love this. This is great. Like, I'm, he's talking about love. Yes, I want to be a part of that. People don't hate. Yes, I want some of that. Love your enemies. What? 
Why that? Can we talk about that one? Right? What about, hey, if they don't, hey, if they hit you, don't hit them back. Just turn the other cheek. Huh? Wait a minute. Jesus, after the meeting, can we talk? Is that last one I'm going to need a little wiggle room in? Is if he punches me. Mm. Right? He even goes as far as says, if you're not as righteous as the Pharisees, you're not getting in the kingdom. That would have hurt those people. It's like me walking in this room and saying, hey, if you're not smart, you don't get in heaven. What's the first question you better ask? What's the scale, please? What's the scale? Well, if I said, hey, Stephen Hawkins, not even close. Bill Gates on my scale is an idiot. Then you all go, well, who's getting in? That was Jesus' point. You can't. John 3 says, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus came here to do. He says, we're all a mess. Evil's in every one of us. But I'm going to forgive those sins. And I'm going to forgive those evil can be forgiven. And he's not just going to leave us alone. That would stink. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and of peace and of joy. What in the Holy Spirit? Like when you come into my kingdom, I'm not just going to leave you there. I'm going to give you part of me, my spirit that, that drives you to be righteous and peaceful and joyful. And you can take enemies, and you can make them friends. You see, I read a story the other day, too, where a guy with conflicting beliefs to us just started killing us. He started killing Christians like crazy. He was known to be rough. He would barge in. He would kidnap, lock them up, men, women, children. It didn't matter. Murdered, tortured, whatever he did. And then see how a little episode with some light. And a guy named Jesus. And they sent Ananias in to help him a little bit with a change of heart and actually for him a change of name he went from Saul to Paul one of the most notorious Christian killers in the history turns into one of the greatest apostles that you have in your Bible and see so if we just ask in that, in that story what, what's the center of it it's Jesus Jesus didn't nuke him could have, should have maybe he deserved it but he changed his heart he took a guy killing Christians and made him a guy rescuing them. And, it, and he even tells us how to be one. We follow him today. We learn a ton from him. He made an enemy a friend. See, that's what the kingdom is about. Because God comes and says, man, this, this place ain't right. It isn't joyful. It isn't peaceful. No, your dad shouldn't have left you. No, your mom shouldn't have left you. The person that broke your heart shouldn't have. We all shouldn't be eat up with a bunch of diseases. The, the, the place isn't what it should be. The brokenness in your heart, the disappointments in your heart, yes, they're bad. Let's acknowledge them. But what he is coming, he's coming here to make it right. And so if the kingdom came with Jesus, why are we still praying for it to come? Isn't it here? Well, that's what, that's what Jesus started. It's in the parables. It's like planting a little seed, and it's growing. And one day, that tree's going to take over the world. But right now, until then, Jesus started that. He's already changing hearts, like here and now. Right? Some of us have already put that jersey on. Like, I want on Jesus' team. And in the final days, what? He's coming. He's going to wipe out sin forever. Amen. But until then, 
We better pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and as it is in heaven. What are we saying? First of all, God, please help them. Enemies into friends. You ever seen anybody looking around in your life and you know Jesus is the answer to their problems? They're looking everywhere but Jesus. And you know if you would just talk to Jesus, he'll take care of it. He doesn't necessarily eliminate all your problems, but my goodness, he gives you an end. Right? We're praying for those people. I want to take an enemy of the kingdom and make him God's friend. Change their hearts. God, please. Right? Make them hate evil, love good. So we're praying for them. But we're also praying for us. Y'all, we don't have to look far. I just had to look on one news thing. Tell this place is messed up. Like we, we can tell it ain't right. But I can tell you, we can tell we ain't right either. And so we cry out to God, make your kingdom come in me. Make me righteous. Make me peaceful. Make me joyful. Right? All of those things. Now. Make them now. And then I would say the last thing we're doing is asking him to come on back. Physically, come on back because I'm tired. I want your kingdom here. I want you to reign here. God, I don't want more tears, no more suffering. I'm done with it. I just want you to reign here. So when we pray that, and we are praying that, we're praying for them, we're praying for us, we're praying for him to come back. Here's what I would leave you with. For us to pray like that, for us to be able to say in my heart of hearts, your kingdom come, your will be done, you better be ready. You better be ready. What's that look like? Well, for us that know him and have a relationship with him, it's like telling the folks around you about him. Open your mouth and tell them. Right? If he, what if he listened to our prayer today and come back at lunch? I thought he'd come back 30 minutes ago when the power blinked. What if it would have been then? Are we all ready? Like, are the people around you ready? And then if you don't have a relationship with him, you got to get ready. What's that look like? Salvation. It's a coin. It's one thing has two sides, repent and believe. You repent and, and ask to go his way, and you believe that he died for you and rose the third day. And, and that's what it takes. If you want to talk about either one of those, Heath is actually coming. Uh, the band's coming. If you want to make any other decision, Heath's down here to talk to you. I'm, I'll talk to you if you want. But I'm going to share one more story as they're here already. That was quick. Y'all remember Robin Hood? The movie, yeah, not the, not the manly one that you think I'm talking about with Kevin Costner or even the other guy. I'm talking about the cartoon, the Disney cartoon. Please tell me you've watched. Um, if you haven't today, go home and cook your mother dinner. Say, Mama, sit down. We're gonna watch Rambo two. <laughs> then we're gonna watch Robin Hood. But um, in that movie, I'll just catch you up really quick. But Robin Hood's a little fox, and he he's waiting. On the true king, King Richard. And when he shows up into this place, like where he's supposed to be living, like some bad stuff going on. And like he understands really quickly it's not as it should be. Uh, there's an odd king in place, a little line that's really weird. 
King John, he's terrible. But he's abusing and he's stealing from his people. And it's wrong. Uh, but instead of just kind of caving in to do what they're doing and just saying, well, this is the world we live in, what does he do? If you've seen the movie, he don't care. His allegiance is to the one true king. And he don't care who's running the place. He don't care how many people following him. He don't care what it costs as far as lifestyle and where he's got to live. He ends up living in a tree with a bear. It's part of the movie. But the point, he, he belongs to a true king. And until the day that king returns, he's going to value what he values. He's watching for him all the time. He's talking about him all the time. But, but while he's waiting on him to return, he keeps moving forward. And he becomes like a little rebel in the kingdom. For like the sake of the hurting and the poor. And like he's helping, man. And he keeps fighting till the kingdom comes. Like that's us. That better be us. Make sure that's us. You see, the kingdom that's coming changes hearts. God's kingdom is righteous and just and, and peaceful and joyful. Like, I, I want that. You do too, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for being an awesome, almighty God. Uh, God, and thank you for the model of prayer and what we can learn from it. God, so far, just in two weeks, we've learned you're our Father, and we're learned we better be ready. And so, God, we thank you for that. So, God, I pray if there's anybody in the room that's not ready, that they forget about everything else and just come talk to him about the most important decision they'll ever make. And, God, for us that are in the room that know you, God, I pray we're that little rebel in the kingdom. And we're waiting on you to come. We're talking about you constantly. We're waiting, and until then, we're getting after it. So, God, I thank you. Thank you for loving us. Here now, pray. Amen.